With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to So What's It Actually About? I'm your host, Margie McKechny, and I along with my wide array of guests, hope to help you better understand and weather the wonderful world of actuarial science. Hello, and welcome to today's episode. I am joined by Ravage. Um, Ravage was actually my tutor when I was in first year, and that's how he made a connection. He was incredibly kind to me. And uh, all these years later, I remember that kindness. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, and uh, yeah, can you just give us a little bit of a background as to who you are, the space that you're now in as an actuary, and um, why you became an actuary? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's great to see you after all these years. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it seems like just yesterday that uh, I was tutoring you in first year and showing you the timeline for math. I know, I know, I know. Oh, How crazy. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's been quite a long time since that uh, happened, and it's amazing to see uh, your journey and my journey from that point uh, forward. Uh, so I am currently a lecturer at Wits uh, University. I'm here for seven years now. I really enjoy the teaching aspect of it. Prior to this, I worked in corporate for a few years, and prior to that, I lectured as well. It's not a bit. So very passionate about education. Yeah. And from the receiving end of it, you are very good at educating. <laughs> I've always enjoyed interacting with people and yeah. making a difference and seeing that difference. Uh, because when I see my students qualified and out of university. Yeah, it's very rewarding. It is. It's, it's yeah. very rewarding and it, it's happy. It makes you feel happier. Yeah. yeah. That you've made a difference in somebody's life. Very much so. Very much so. And tell me, what are the... Um, the areas that you specialized in. So you qualify now. Yes. So what are the areas you specialized in and why did you choose those areas over other options? Okay, so I specialized in life insurance and the retirement uh, matters field. <laughs> so I've worked in the retirement space for a few years when I went in corporate. Uh, I really enjoyed it, but uh, my passion was always teaching. So similar to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's something that, just comes naturally. And uh, that's where I thought I could make the biggest difference. Mm. Uh, in terms of life insurance, um, I've always enjoyed the content and the material. It's the most traditional of the actuarial fields. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it teaches you a lot. Mm. Uh, the skills that you learn in that space, you can apply in 
every other space yeah. there as well. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And and tell me, why did you choose actuarial science over other options? I mean, you could have done anything. So back then, I didn't know much about actuarial science. I mean, we never do, right? <laughs> back in school, like you're deciding what to do, then your teacher say, okay, you're good at math, so you're good with numbers. Why don't yeah. you do that? Yeah, standard, standard, exactly. So. I said, okay, let me give it a try. So I came to the open day when Litz uh, had an open day. Right? Oh, fantastic. And I attended the talk by Steve. Yes. And uh, I just found it really interesting. Yeah. And let me just go for it. And I was second thought. Incredible. Okay, well, so even when I applied to university, I only applied to one university. Oh, sure. You were that set thing. Oh, wow. You were very set. Okay, sure. That's amazing. I was quite happy with my choice. Right? During the course of my undergrad, it... I questioned my decision quite Wait, a lot. Yeah, I think I think I think every student gets to that stage, right? Because you're not used to coming to university and failing a test or No. No and badly sometimes. Yes, you know. Uh, I remember I failed my first tax test. I'm aware. That's then we all failed. I'm aware. And you were like a straight A student, yeah, right? Exactly. School, in, yeah. You're not used to getting anything under eighty to ninety percent. Yeah, exactly. And then you come and this is a big shock to your sisters. <laughs> then you Doubt yourself. Is no, you do. I think they're not. Or can I do this? Like, am I actually able to, to you know, meet the standard that's required? Exactly. And then now when I see the first years that come in and when they're performing badly and stuff, you can relate to them. Yeah. And you know that you sat in their position. Yes. So when somebody is doing bad, you can give them good advice because you know how they're feeling. Yeah. You know their journey, where they're coming from and what they need to do. So you just need to motivate them. Yeah, which is exactly what you did for me, actually, all those years ago. Um, and I'll, ne- I'll never forget that kindness, I think. And and it's, I think, often as teachers and lecturers, you don't get that recognition because you don't know the difference that you make. Yeah. And in hindsight, um, you probably don't see it, but it was pivotal for me. I mean, at the end of first year, I was I was in that space where I was like, I don't think this is for me. Um, and now I'm qualified and can't think of being anything other than an actuary and a, and a teacher. Yeah. Um, but uh, it makes an incredible difference. So, yeah, thank you for that again. <laughs> so we, I get a lot of students like that coming throughout first, second, yeah. third year. Even some common students, they come to my office and say, we're not doing well. Yeah. Can the please help us? Yeah. Please advise us. Yeah. And when they leave my office, they are in a much better headspace. Yeah. yeah. So they, they would understand better. They would put some remedies into place to help them out of their situation yeah. or if they're stressed. Uh, like just a week or two ago, before the my business applications exam, on okay. the same day, I had a student coming in and say that they are really stressed, they are anxious, <laughs> uh, they're having diarrhea and throwing up. I like, know what to do because they of the nerves of yeah because it's yeah. exemption exam. Yeah, of course. Um, I sat them down. I explained to them what to do, how to be calm, how to handle the exam, tackle yeah. the exam. They were fine during the yeah. exam. I checked on them a few times in the exam. Kind of they said they're fine. And when I marked the exam, I could see it as well. Yeah. They did quite well because they were relaxed. They were calm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think something that we're trying to do in these podcasts is also to unpack those exemption papers. I mean, mm-hmm. for the audience, exemption papers are basically you get exempted from writing board exams and you have to write a number of board exams in order to qualify as an actuary, right? Um, now, you obviously lecture a number of board exams, but today... I want to specifically look at A112 and A113. Obviously, there's specific codes for South Africa, but that's the business economics and the business finance courses. 
So in your view, why is it important for actuaries to, to do Economics One and to understand that sort of micro and macroeconomic environment? Why is that important for an actuary? So uh, economics is quite important to understand how the world works. Yeah, right. and decision-making, right? Decision yeah, making. to see where do you fit in into the economy? Where does your business fit in or the institution that you're going to be working for or your own business that you would want to run with it? How does it fit into the bigger picture? Yes. Everything relates to one another. Yeah. So whether it's related to currency exchange or interest rates, how does everything affect? How is it determined? Yeah. So those th kinds of things impact all your business decisions, right from your small businesses through all the way through to your large corporations and uh, pension funds and uh, investment bank, investment companies. So it, it affects everyone. Yeah. So... Having a good understanding of the concepts in there is really important. And it relates quite well to your A113 subject as well yes. as finance. Yes, which is a much more senior subject. I mean, that's only generally in fourth year actuarial that you engage with that. Uh, yeah, that's we do that in second. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about um, actuarial risk management. I mean, yeah. All the codes are all mush in my mind. I hear yeah. you, I hear you, yes. Yeah, the A113 uh, relates quite well to your A112 subject. Okay. So... The A113 is more about an individual business, how okay. it run, how does it function, all the decision-making uh, that happens in the business. So it's the business finance. What is that one with has a bit of sort of like corporate governance and how like projects are appraised a bit? Is that, is that yeah. that focus? Okay. One okay. Okay. with the accounting and with how you. do you read your balance sheet and your statements you. and all of that. So that's more about how, does you, how do you run your business efficiently, okay. successfully, what do you do? How does it relate uh, to your different investment uh, decisions that you make, your budgeting decisions? Yes. And all that uh, fits into your A112 subject, which is the economic subject. Yes. So your A113 is more on your individual business. And in, in A112 takes that further into how your business fits into the bigger picture. Yes. So it's like all these little pieces of puzzles are your individual businesses and institutions and how do they all fit together to form our economy? Yeah. Yeah, well, they, they relate quite well. And it's good to have an understanding of your individual concepts as well as of the bigger picture. Yeah, very much so. And and it's not as technical. I mean, uh, the, the business ecos and the business finance, like obviously there's an element of there's a lot of definitions and understanding sort of, you know, what is specific mechanics we're talking about. But it isn't as calculation-based as some of the other actuarial subjects. Yes. That, that is correct. So it's more theoretical. And uh, how do you actually understand the concept and theories behind yeah. all of these ideas? I think also what's quite interesting, often at the beginning of, of subjects, they talk about how they're interconnected, the other sort of interconnected to other board exams. Mm -hmm. And I think also business ecos and business finance are really important when you consider your fourth year subjects, where you're thinking about actuarial risk management and you're thinking about your different specialities because all of those are a lot more strategy-based and understanding your environment and that sort of thing. Do you want to speak to maybe that in a little bit more detail? So it's uh, it's quite important for those uh, understanding those concepts in these foundation subjects, A112 and A113, uh, because when you meet them again, you would meet a lot of the concepts again in your A311. Yeah. The actual risk management. And uh, during the, the business applications exam that... Um, was a few weeks ago. Mm. So one of the questions I had was on calculating cost of capital. Yes. 
how does it relate to the business? Sorry to stop you there. Business applications is that a one one three? Yeah. Okay. Sorry, just to to position. Yeah. Okay. So business yeah. applications is part of the A one one three subject. Okay. Recent. Recent. And um, so one of the other invigilators was one of the A three eleven lecturers. Okay. And uh, she had a look at this question and she says, "This is why she take the honor students through yeah. A three eleven." Yeah. And uh, she it. Actually, uh, she actually enjoyed looking at that paper to see how some of the concepts are taken a step further in the yeah. 11 subject. So it's actually quite good to have that understanding when when you do um, encounter it in your A113 uh, subject. Yeah, and also like you shouldn't see the subjects as individual subjects. Yeah, such an important point. Like a lot of people uh, just see them as silos, but yeah. they're not. Like they should be seen as pieces of puzzle that yeah. fit together to form one bigger picture. Yeah, and uh, that's what a lot of people don't see. Yeah, I think that it's interesting that you say that because obviously I'm in the academic space as well, and in lecturing, I always say to my students, you you need to build an ecosystem of understanding because these things do interconnect, and if you don't see the interconnectivity, you then lose the learning because you don't know where you need to fit it in. You know, but these things. They, you know, like when interest rates change, then obviously you're looking at bonds and there's like various things that interact. But if you don't think about these things altogether, you actually don't see the complexity of the picture that as actuaries, you need to actually decipher and be able to say, okay, these are the decisions or these are the risks or these are the things we need to manage um, given the role that you have as an actuary. So, so yeah, very, very interesting. I think it's difficult though as, a, as an actuarial student because you just don't have that exposure yet. Yes, that, that is true. And even then for the students as well, I tell them when uh, they're attempting an exam, right? So during the course of the, the term or the semester, they may do topics in isolation. Yes. But at the end, they need to put all that information together to form the bigger picture. Because yeah. in an exam situation, you will not be tested on just one content no. or one chapter. No, no. You're going to have to bring together all the different ideas and concepts that you've learned to provide a holistic solution to whatever situation you were given in your exam. Yeah. And um, I tell them to get the best mark for that exam. You need to look at how your different contexts fit together True. so that you understand where one piece relates to another. Yeah. And by understanding what's the link between the various sections, topics in that subject, you can produce an excellent uh, exam solution yeah. to whatever you're presenting with. Yeah, it comes with that understanding of what bigger picture. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's also an interesting comment when you consider those very technical subjects. Because yeah. I think, you know, often in the technical subjects, students learn what they need to do. So they, they learn the recipe, if you want to call it that way, or the process. But then when it comes to those interpretation questions as to like, what's the decision that you now need to make based on this calculation? They often don't know what it is or they advise incorrectly because yeah. they don't actually understand the, what the calculation is informing. And the, the calculation is not necessarily what's important. It's the outworking of the calculation, the ramifications, the decisions that you make on that. Um, and, and I think that's why when I, when I see students, you know, come in in first year and they're like, oh, I'm good at maths. I'll be a great actuary. I'm like, no, that's, <laughs> that's not necessarily the, the best determinant of it. You need to be able to explain what it is that you're doing. Um, and I think that that's quite a rare skill. Um, the students sort of take a while to develop. I think I took a long time to develop it, definitely. Yeah, so... What we try to do is from first year level. So I try to get the students to write a lot in their exams. That's great. So I will give them a calculation, but then the follow-up question is explain your result. 
Yeah. Comment on your result. Yeah. Tell me what do you see? What's the impact of the result? Exactly. On a certain uh, situation. Yeah. So I also give them like uh, analysis or interpretation of certain graphs and stuff. Yeah. So what do you see of that? How do you, how would you explain that? Yeah. So I try to get them from first year level to try and analyze what they're doing and what's the impact. Such an important skill. And in second year, I take it a step further. They would do a lot more in the A113 or business applications yes. exam. And uh, even at third year level, when I take them for the computers for actuaries subject, uh, they do their calculations and their models on mm. Excel spreadsheets. But it, the final question is always, what is the meaning? What is that Exactly. Act on this, on whatever situation they were given uh, in that question. Yeah. So they need to know that their calculations have a further impact or there's a further meaning to whatever they do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and talking about business applications, could you just highlight to listeners who haven't sort of engaged with this material, what are some of the core sort of topics that are included in business applications? So uh, business application is part of a A113 subject. Mm-hmm. And it's, as I said a uh, short while ago, on focusing on an individual business and how it's right. Okay. And how would you make the decisions in the business? So it's, it starts off with your key principles of finance. What are your main uh, goals in finance? What do you do with your capital, in, your capital and investing decisions in the business? Mm-hmm. Uh, then the different types of businesses that you would get, like your sole proprietor. Okay, okay. So like different kind of entities. Correct. Okay. Your different uh, types of entities. Uh, and then from there, it's how would you uh, run the business, right? From raising your capital which project to invest that capital in? Oh, how do you generate returns for your shareholders? How do you calculate your cost of debt, debt cost of equity in the company? And then he takes it a step further on how do you expand your company? If yeah. you like to restructure and grow your company. And, and invest in new projects. And, and, right. okay. and how do you read your financial statements? Mm-hmm. How do you look at everything in the company holistic? Yeah. I think another another point linked to that is I often have students say to me, you know, I'm interested in studying actuarial science. So I, I worked at a school for, for the past two years and, and some of my students were interested in actuarial science and they would say, but I'm not doing accounting. Can can I can I become an actuary if I haven't done accounting? So so I mean maybe talk to that and I'll talk to my experience of it as well. But so what would be your view there? Yes, you can. So a lot of students come in uh, without doing any accounting. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's structured as uh, you, at first year level, you would do a business accounting yeah. course. And that would start from your initial principles of Yeah, like debits and credits. Correct. And accrual but, and et cetera. Yes, it would start with your fundamental accounting concepts. Yeah. So even if somebody has not done accounting before, they can fully grasp all the concepts. And at the end of the year, they would be at the same a point as somebody who has done accounting in school. Yeah. So they would not be disadvantaged in any way. And uh, the students do well in that uh, course as well. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to add my sort of two cents, I didn't do accounting in school. And that was also one of my concerns. You know, when you sign up for Actrial and you're like, oh my goodness, I'm doing business accounting. That's going to be a, you know, a bit of a difficult hurdle to overcome. But also, I mean, business accounting is not the same as financial accounting, right? So it does, it's not as sort of, there's no, not as much volume. And yet it gives you enough background. So so you don't need to have all of the background from like a, a school perspective to to be able to to pass that subject and then to continue on and sort of understand the fundamentals of, you know, business applications, et cetera. So it is doable. Yeah, definitely. 
And what do you find students struggle with most conceptually in business applications? <laughs> a little bit of a trick question. I guess, I guess every student is a little bit diff different. I remember I used to struggle a little bit with project appraisal because there's all those different ways of doing it. Yes. And, and how you know which way to, to you know, to, which method to use to appraise a project or which one sort of it gives you the yeah, clarification. Uh, in the project appraisal chapter in, in the syllabus and notes, you cover like, I think, like 15 or 16 different appraisal techniques. <laughs> Don't and, let this put you off at Cheryl's eyes. But all those, like, it's it's put into the notes so that the reader can see all the different methods that. Yeah, they, it's comprehensive. It's comprehensive, but. We don't always use yeah, 100%. Some of it is quite abstract or just like a back of the envelope check yes. to what you're doing. Uh, you would have your primary methods that you would go through for those appraisal uh, uh, techniques. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, in terms of what the students struggle with, uh, as you said, each student is different. Mm -hmm. But I try to keep the class at pace uh, at the end of each lecture. Yeah. So that if somebody does not understand something, I would try and go back and explain it so that nobody is left behind and yeah. falls behind. Yeah. So that at the start of the next lecture, everybody is ready and prepared to move forward. Yeah, that's amazing. You sound like you're an incredible lecturer. I wish, I wish I hadn't had you only for a tutor. It would have been amazing to have you as a, as a lecturer. And you pick up all these um, little points all the time. Yeah, it's and you see that uh, when you as a student what you appreciated, yeah, 100%. You have liked to be uh, done differently. Yeah. And you try and incorporate that. Yeah, 100%. And each year you get feedback from the students. Exactly, exactly. And that feedback actually, actually helps you to improve yourself. 100%. So you shouldn't see that feedback if somebody makes a negative comment. No, you say, okay, let me work on this thing. Correct. How do I adjust? Yeah. They're not attacking you. It's just a point oh, exactly. for them to improve so that they are benefiting at the end of the day. 100%, 100%. But... Thank you so much. It's been lovely to see you. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I'm sure our audience will find this so encouraging. Thank you so much for having me. And for this uh, future actuaries and the students, don't give up. Uh, even if you take multiple tries, yeah. go ahead and you will definitely make Thank you, Hank. Cheers. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your preferred streaming platform. If you'd like to interact with us more or add questions or topics to our pool of ideas, please follow our Instagram page at asforactuary or email us on asforactuary at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Take care.